Lord God, we thank you that you are a God who speaks. Help us to be a people who listen and put into practice what we hear and see your power manifest on this earth and in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, when you see a little, well, when you see all these kids along the front and you see Ollie today, you think, I don't know, it brings hope, doesn't it? You think, man, what, what possibilities um, are there? For those kids, um, I used to teach scripture for a year or two um, at Swansea High, and it's amazing the difference between the year seven kids. We had two classes we used to teach: year seven and year eleven. Yeah, right, right response. What happens between year seven and year eleven? Because by year eleven. An awful lot of cynicism seems to manifest. Isn't that interesting? What in life causes hope to go down the toilet, friends? Hey, the starry-eyed kids we had here at the front, you know, can believe anything can happen. And that's why I think Jesus said, unless you come like a little child, unless you believe anything is possible when we put faith in God. Hey? But, But... I guess we live in interesting days, don't we? Whoever thought they'd live through a global pandemic? It wasn't on my to-do list. It's on yours. Natural disasters seem more common and more devastating. Our world is tormented by war. And, you know, you think just we think when we think war, we think Ukraine. But I've got a slide. This was fascinating to me. Because just because the media moves on doesn't mean we should stop praying for certain nations. And... Um, is the table there, guys, if we can bring it up? There's, there's still war in Sudan. It's just the media's moved on. There's still war in Yemen, but the media's moved on. There's been war for years in the Congo, but the media never reports that. And so sometimes it's good to be aware of what's going on in our world. Um, but it can be discouraging, can't it? I don't know if you've all watched... Um, Confession time is a little embarrassing, really, but I do like Sandra Bullock and I do like Miss Congeniality. I know it's not really a bloke's movie. I do watch it with my wife, if that helps. They record this. I can delete it, mate. It's okay. Um, Yeah, they go, world peace. How long has the world been looking for world peace? And as we look at our world, it looks further than ever from possibilities. How hard, I think, especially after COVID, is it for people to be hopeful? Yeah, it's disturbing, isn't it? I mean, I can show you that so you can pray for all those nations. But you can understand why, if anyone watches the news too often or even worse, gets all the news through the internet, you can get any information today. Um, There's a lot in our world that we can be discouraged about. There's a lot going on in our world where we can feel hopeless about. And this morning, I want to just read a few verses to you from Isaiah chapter 43. And, um, and the context of this is God's people, the Israelites, were also in a hopeless state. In some ways, um, they're in probably, I don't know, probably wrong to say that, isn't it? We just never know what level of hopelessness people are in, do we? Um, But the people of Israel were in a hopeless state. They'd been taken off to captivity. They'd been displaced um, by the Babylonians. They'd taken a lot of them into captivity. 
and they had destroyed their cities. I'm sure Israel at this time looked a lot like we see the pictures of Ukraine at the moment. So they felt very hopeless. Those who had been left behind in their nation were worse off than the prisoners, were starving. But this passage I'm about to read talks about God's heart towards these people, which was a heart to restore them to the place that they had been and a heart to give them hope and a future. So Isaiah 43, 1 and 2 says this, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear. There's a good word. For I've redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. We've talked about that already this morning. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So this morning, I want to ask you, what's your hope level? You might be discouraged by situations in your own life, in your own community, in our world. I don't know. Maybe this morning you're full of hope and that's great. Please share it because I think our world needs hope more than ever before in this season. But this morning, I want you to find hope. Um, I believe in one of the greatest places we can actually ever find hope, real hope, and that's in Jesus Christ. Um, but this morning, I want to talk about if you are struggling um, and, you know, if you come to a point, you know, if you're not struggling now, there's seasons of struggle, isn't there? We all go through them. Um, but if you're struggling now, that I want to encourage you that if God says you're going to make it, you're going to make it. And that's what he said to his people. He says, you're going to make it. And if God says you're going to make it, then we can be encouraged and we can have hope, no matter what circumstances look like, that we are going to make it. And so I've got a few points this morning just to um, from this passage to emphasize that. We will, and there's um, handouts on your seats if that's helpful. You can fill in the blanks if that helps you um, see where we're going. We will make it because of what God has done. So there's a couple of things God has done. The first one is he has called us. In verse 1, it says, I have summoned you by name. And already, um, Melissa and Nate, I think other people have said it this morning, God knows who you are. That might freak you out. But it actually gives me a lot of comfort. He knows my address. And you know what? He, that's what makes his love powerful, right? Because God also knows all the dodgy stuff I've done in my life. And he still wants a relationship with me. You know what? Some people who know the dodgy stuff in, that's been in my life don't want a relationship with me anymore. So it's pretty impressive that God still wants a relationship with me. And through having faith in Jesus Christ, that relationship's possible. He's called me by name. He knows your name. He knows my name and he says, hey, come to me. Come and have a relationship with me. I love that God's personal. In such an impersonal world, we serve a God who's personal. God knows we're alive and from time to time, from the time we were born, he's been um, calling us to himself. I love these stories. Um, the founder of the Methodist Church, John Wesley and you've got to understand, there's a difference between religion and relationship with Jesus, right? You might have been in the church. I'm not that interested in church. I know that seems silly. Um, but I'm really interested in relationship with Jesus. Because guys like John Wesley had done church and then said, I don't even think I know God. I know church. I know religion. But I don't think I know God. And John Wesley went on this heart search. And then in this meeting, he had this experience, right? He said... 
this about his conversion experience. When he came into relationship with Jesus, he said of how he felt his heart strangely warmed and felt that he did trust Christ and Christ alone for salvation and that he did feel that God had taken away his sins. He had to have that personal experience with Jesus and the Spirit of God himself to know that he was a Christian. It wasn't about his religion. It wasn't about his church experience. It was about that encounter with the Spirit of God. My friend who's now gone to be with Jesus, Noel Clanfield, told me of how he was sitting in a church meeting at Westlake Salvation Army before me. Melissa and I were the leaders there. And I was singing this song that was famous in the day, Shout to the Lord. And during that song, he felt the Holy Spirit enter his heart. That You know what? And it's often quiet. It's not often big, often not fireworks. It's often just this quiet heart deal between us and God. If you sense that this morning, could you just respond to that? If you sense God pulling at your heartstrings, just say, Hey, Lord, who are you? Um, I am interested in knowing who you are and having a relationship with you. Because it's often not big, it's often just quiet in our hearts. Just like for John Wesley and Noel Clanfield. He summoned them by name and they responded. Secondly, he has saved us. I have redeemed you. Redeemed means bought back, saved. Um, The greatest encouragement we can ever receive is that God has a plan of salvation for us. In other words, we get to live for eternity. Who wants to live for eternity? Maybe you don't. I do if it's good. Hey, I'm not sure I want to live on this planet for eternity, but if God's making a new one, a new heaven, a new earth, I think I want to be part of that. All the crappy stuff's gone, all the good stuff stays. I'll sign up for that. Actually, I have signed up for that. I encourage you to do the same. I love what David said. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Sometimes I just think, you know, anyway, I blame the Spirit of God. Not in a bad way. Like you can't understand the Word of God without the Spirit of God, right? And if you ever read a verse and you go, oh, yeah, and then you read it years later and you find another part of the verse and, ah, I've never seen that before. Am I blind? Am I a bit dull? No, you just didn't have the Spirit's revelation at that time. God revealed it at a time for a purpose. And the other day I was reading a verse that I've known for years and I've preached on and I love the verse and it's John 14, 27. It says, um, peace I give to you. Notice the world gives um, And then it goes on to say, do not let your hearts be troubled. And like the peace part, I got that, right? I go, that's awesome, love that, receive that. And then the next part where it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Oh, no, I have something to do in that. I think it's telling me, do not, me, don't don't let my heart be troubled. So I studied that part of the verse, right? And the the part that says troubled, the word can be interpreted agitated. And I had an a research presentation to do on Friday morning at college and I was freaking out and I wasn't controlling my anxiety very well this week especially on Wednesday and Thursday praise God I delivered the thing on Friday morning and could move on but God gave me that verse for me to say do not let your heart be agitated and in the midst of that God says you know what and like I'm doing the research subject it's the last subject I should have done it two years ago and I felt like God said to me, you wouldn't have coped if you did it with all the other subjects. So I'm doing just one subject this semester. And that, you know what? God has a plan for you that's perfect for you and perfect for me. So when he says, do not let your hearts be troubled, 
What he's saying is, trust me. Trust me. Not me. Trust him. God's saying, trust me because I have a plan and therefore you don't need to be stressed out. So when I get my eyes off God and his plan and onto my issues is when I seem to get stressed out. You? Me too. Let's not do that. Let's our hearts not be troubled. I always find it amazing, right, when people can die for their faith and seem calm about that. How does that work? Like Stephen in the Bible, right, one of the first martyrs, and they stoned him, so they're chucking rocks at this guy, and he's saying, God, forgive them. I'm not sure I'd be doing that. I'd probably be saying some other stuff, <laughs> at least in my head. Hey? That, my friends, is the power of God. I don't think that is natural. I think that is supernatural. And I want to encounter, I want to encounter that level of power so that just when the guy across the road calls me a jerk, I don't walk up and go, I'm going to bless you, brother, and mean it. That's supernatural, isn't it? Natural is to go, you're a jerk too. But supernatural is to go, bless you, brother. Hey, don't we want some supernatural power? Like Paul had. Listen to Paul. He was a crazy guy. He said, for I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. What are you talking about? He's talking about God had told him his time was short. There's encouraging news. He was actually excited about it because he knew that he's going to heaven and wanted to hang out with Jesus. He said, I fought the good fight. So, you know, he'd done what God had asked him to do. I finished the race. He knew he'd finished what God had given him to do. He says, now there's in store for me a crown of righteousness. In other words, a reward in heaven, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but all those who have longed for his appearing. In AD 64, in what's called the first persecution, Paul was led away by two of Nero's men and beheaded. Now, how can you be peaceful about that? The only thing that would bring me peace right now about losing my head is that, well, it's quick, I guess. But they reckon your head stays alive for a little bit after they cut it off. Hey, that's something I didn't want to know either, but if I'm going to know it, you may as well know it. <laughs> but how amazing that Paul had peace when he knew he'd probably get his head cut off. That's supernatural. And that's what we want, Hey. God has saved us for eternity. That's why we don't have to freak out about this world because our eyes really, when we put our faith in Jesus, our eyes are on eternity with him, not just on this world. So we believe he can impact this world, but our security is in here, relationship with him and eternity with him in heaven. And we don't talk about heaven enough today, I don't think. And that's why we're so anxious and we're so depressed is because we're focusing too much on the here and now and not on the there and then. And I think that needs to shift. Secondly, we'll make it because we're God's children. You are mine. Romans 8.15 For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship. In other words, you have this witness that, you know, like Ollie knows who his parents are. I reckon me and Ollie have a good relationship because we were talking before he come out of the womb. He just knows my voice. They say that about mums. They just know the voice, the sound. Hey, do you know the sound of God's voice? Because when you do, then you can just rest secure as a son and daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When I know his voice, suddenly my anxiety goes away and the peace comes. I know it's all going to be okay. Hey, we need to know his voice.
How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Number three, we'll make it because God is with us. Psalm 23, well-known psalm. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Job had a bad season in his life. Lost everything, even his health. And his three, three friends showed up. I always don't understand that. His three friends, there's four of them, but anyway. Heard about the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes and they met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. It says this, right? They sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. And no one said a word because they saw how great his suffering was. There's a friend. Hey, they sat with him for seven days, sat with him for a whole week. Said nothing, just sat with him. Hey, how good is it when you're struggling to have company? How bad is it when you're struggling and you don't have company? But this is where we get comfort in this verse too. It says, when you pass through the waters, when you go through hard times, I will be with you. You know, there's times when I've been felt all alone, but I know God's been with me. And that makes all the difference. God doesn't always send people. You know, the Bible calls him a jealous God, not in a bad way. It just means he really loves you. You know what? Sometimes God just wants your company. Is that okay? Yeah, sometimes in life we just want someone else's company. Sometimes God doesn't want a crowd. He just wants you. I find that really loving. He just wants your company. So he doesn't send people to help you sometimes because he wants you to come to him. Because he just wants to hang out with you by himself for a while. Is that okay? Because often when we're going through tough times and people aren't there for us, no, no, no one's there for me. No one's there for them. They're not there for me. Yeah, sometimes God makes it so no one is there for us, friends, because he just wants our company. I've never done that, by the way. That's not well practiced. <laughs> but that's what we do, don't we? We have a little pity party and we're disappointed no one shows up. You know what? God shows up and he says, hey, I want to hang out with you. Why are you looking for all these other people that can't help you anywhere near as much as I can? Hey, don't make the mistake I so often make and when you're struggling, go looking for people when you should go looking for God. And when I can't find people, I end up finding God and go, why was I looking for people anyway? They can't do half what God can do for me. Come on. If you know what, I just want to challenge you this morning. If you've walked with Jesus for more than a year or three, it's time that you had more security in him than you did in people. I'm preaching to myself. Okay? Sorry about that. Sound system's still working, so, you know, we'll keep going. All right, this is my favorite one. We'll finish with this. We will make it because God said we will. If you're going through a hard time, what you need is a word from God to know whether you're going to make it or not. And if God says you're going to make it, then you're going to make it. And this is what this verse says. You may not have seen it in this verse. But this is what it says, right? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Note it doesn't say when you drown. Does it? It doesn't say that. We read that into it. See, when I first read this first many years ago, I went, when? I was hoping it would say if. Hey, if. I don't want to go through hard times. I'm a bit of a sook. 
But it says when you go through hard times. But it doesn't say you're going to drown or going to die. It says you will pass through. How good is that? Hey, if you're going through a hard time this morning, I believe God's word for you is you will pass through. Providing you put your hand in his hand and let him lead you. You will pass through. This is not the end. It is not hopeless. He will lead you through. Is that okay? That's what I think this verse is saying. So get up and pass through. I've seen some people in this room have sat down in the river. That was never the plan. Get up and let him lead you out. Is that okay? In Jesus' name, do that. Don't sit there and expect us to come to your pity party when the will of God is to get up and get moved. We'll support you, okay? And I'm not spunk to anyone in particular this morning, but I just sense this in my spirit because I do it much the same. We sit down in the river or we sit down in the fire and the Bible says, pass through, pass through. It's just a season. My favorite verse in the Bible, one of them is weird, right? Song of Solomon's. It's supposed to be the love between a husband and a wife. But you know what? I think it talks about the power of a relationship between God and us. And it comes this awesome verse where it says, the winter has passed. You know, every time I go through a hard season in my life, I claim that verse because I first started doing that in 2002. And I said, the winter is past. Come on, God, this is going to pass. It never passes as quick as I want it to. <laughs> Disappointing, isn't it? You know why? Because God's more committed to my character than my comfort. I might be more committed to my comfort but he's more committed to growing me up. And so he gives us difficult times so we can grow up in him and be strong in him. We're never meant to build a house in the middle of the river or the middle of the fire. Yeah, I went to Bible college. It's probably a mistake. My dad would be proud that I said that. You know, he calls seminaries cemeteries because that's where your faith dies. And you've got to be careful, right? I don't want to be too cynical. If you called, I was called to go to Bible college, so I went, right? But sometimes the crap they teach there destroys your faith instead of builds it. Yeah, well, a guy called George Miller, he was a trained um, minister. And he wasn't even a Christian. You wonder why some churches are messed up. And then he found Jesus. You know what he did? He threw out all his theology books, kept the Bible, and went and started orphanages. I'd call that, looks like God to me. But I went to a Bible college, and I saw some stuff didn't look like God at all. So, friends, you've got to be a bit discerning. Come on. Hey, do you want Jesus or do you want religion? Do you want a relationship with Jesus or do you want church? I want to see the power of God change my community. It's going to start with changing me. And it's going to, not going to start with theology in my head, but power in my heart by the Holy Spirit. So that when hard times come, I don't get all hopeless, throw a pity party and sit down. But I go, you know what? This is just a season. And through the power of God and the right support, we're going to get through this. Hallelujah. So this morning, I want to ask you, what do you need to do? Because we're either in two positions, right? We're, all, we're either having an awesome time at life at the moment and trouble somewhere around the corner. <laughs> Sorry, that's just how life is. Or we're in the midst of trouble and we're praying the prayer. I was praying, Lord, may the winter be past. When's this going to end? 
So there are two situations. But what we can do this morning, if we're in good times, make sure we're strong in the Lord, ready for the bad times, so they don't take our hope away. And if we're in the hard times right now, how do we need to respond? What's, I haven't even checked what the appeal song is. Sounds good. So many good songs, isn't there? Yeah, just roll with it. Let's go. Um, if you need prayer this morning, what we do is you can come and kneel here and people will come and ask you if you want prayer. If you don't want prayer, just tell them to go away nicely. That's okay. Um, but you know what? I, this is the time we just create a little bit of space for five minutes, depending on what happens. And um, it's where you can seek God. And you know what? I, I just don't think life is meant to be done alone. And if you feel alone, if you feel like you're the only one going through um, what you're going through, then I suggest that you call out to God and try to get that perception shifted this morning. Because when that perception, that perception changes, and I've experienced it myself, that we move from feeling alone to knowing God is with us deep in our hearts and he's going to get us through and he's going to provide for us. Everything changes. You see that in the Bible. You see it in people's testimonies. Often what changes aren't the circumstances first. They change second. What changes first is our perception by the Spirit of God. So this morning, if you sense you need your perception changed, then ask God to change that. And He will. In Jesus' name. If you want to come forward for prayer, do that. If you want to pray in your seats, do that. If you want to stand and worship, do that. This is an awesome song, so let that kind of get in your spirit this morning. And um, he's a way maker. If you need a way out of what you're in at the moment, then look to him. And sooner or later, he'll show you the way out.